You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Good morning. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the awesome presence of God. God is great and greatly to be praised. Aren't we grateful to be in his awesome presence today? All right, put your hands together and let's bless him from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Your name is worthy to be praised. I am so thankful to be here on today and I kiss the Lord's face in worship. I don't know about you, but it's a good day to be alive, isn't it? Amen, and it's a good day to be in ministry beyond Zoom. So I'm hugging everybody because it's just good to see you. The pandemic has brought on appreciation. It's also brought on lamentation. But because of the hope of Jesus Christ, we also have celebration. And I give the Lord praise for his presence. As I said yesterday, when black preachers say, I won't keep you too long, we're not telling the truth. <laughs> but I do want to make sure that you get to lunch, get back to school, get to see students. Students make me feel alive. Welcome. I hope that you feel good. Hey, baby. Oh, thank you so much. Put your arms around yourself. All right, and squeeze. That's from your new Auntie Coco. All right. Welcome to the Advent. Um, and on behalf of Grace College, where I serve, uh, we love you. We praise God for you. And now that I'm a, a member of the Advent across the miles, I'm a surrogate sister, I want to welcome you on behalf of my Advent family. Let me thank the Lord for the presence of Jesus Christ and his spirit, because we cannot move or breathe unless he blows his breath on us. And then let me thank the Lord for a supportive husband. Even when he is absent, he is present. And I thank the Lord for the life, work, and ministry partnership of Reverend Timothy Robinson. Let me honor God for my Beeson uh, friends, mentors, heroes and sheroes that are present. Thank you from my heart for our love and thank you for being spiritual siblings. I just would like to lift up a passage today, a familiar passage to some. I pray that it is of some encouragement, but let me just say thank you for the warm hospitality Advent family, from lunches to preaching yesterday, the beautiful lunch afterwards, thank you volunteers, the women's fellowship and Bible study, thank you for your love and kindness and your biblical engagement. This is a church that God loves. And then for today, I'll be happy to greet you at lunch to get some farewell hugs. And if you are around next week, please join us in ministry at Sanford University and Beeson Divinity School. Turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Let's begin at verse 25. Thank you to your distinguished dean for this invitation and to my soul sister, soul sister. Thank you so much, Kathy, for your example to all women and for your lovely introduction that I did not deserve. Thank you for blazing trails for all women. Matthew chapter 14, let's look at, beginning at verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, 
and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, do not be afraid, it is I. For a few moments on today, let's simply tag this text. Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. I love boats, uh, Advent family. I really love boats. I've been fascinated with them since I was a little girl. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Come on and talk to me, Advent family. I love boats because of that story in that song. I love boats. My parents tell me that uh, I love the little tugboat that could. You don't know about that book unless you grew up in the 80s and 70s. But it was one of my favorite stories. I love boats. As a teenager, I learned how to paddle boat. And then, Pastor Calvert, I learned on family vacations the joy of our whole family getting in glass bottom boats. Secretly, I'd like to own a boat before I'm promoted to glory and call it Mama Lucy by my grandmother, our bay, named after Tim. I love boats. They are fascinating and exhilarating. But if we're honest, all boat rides don't feel good. It was in 2003 that my father, my superhero of all times, uh, founding pastor of Concord Church, Pastor E.K. Bailey, urged me to go to Beeson Seminary. Uh, God changed his view about women in ministry, but we don't have time to go there. He went from saying, why would God call my daughter to be a preacher? To you have to go to Beeson because I don't want your dad and our traditions to keep you from following God. You have to go to Beeson. And so, Kokesha, I'm at the end of my life, but I want to give you a note that can encourage you when God promotes me to heaven. Are you interested in what that note said? Because although he's been in glory almost 19 years, it still encourages me. I didn't open it until I got to Beeson, and he passed away 45 days after I became a student. I opened the note, and it said, Kokesha, I've been proud of you as a little girl, so proud of you as a teenager, watching your interest in high school beauty pageants, seeing you become Miss Carter High School, finding your voice as a newspaper writer, a shy little girl that God is using and now calling into ministry. Get out of the boat of self-comfort and walk on the water of impossibility because God said, it shall be done. Many years later, I've had awesome opportunities by God's grace and crushing moments that made me feel as though perhaps God had made a mistake in calling me. I've been questioned because of ethnicity. I've been questioned because of gender. I've been asked, why are you doing this? Or why are you here? And I remember my dad's voice. Get out of the boat of self-comfort. Walk on the water of impossibility because God said, it shall be done. Young people, every boat ride won't feel good, but with God, you can stand and withstand and learn how to get out of the boat of self-comfort and walk on the water of impossibility because Jesus Christos Karios, Jesus Christ, is there. And in our text, we see someone that is terrified to get out of the boat. 
because you have to get back to school or to work or lunch, I don't have time to preach this in 45 minutes, which is our culture. So I'll just provide some nuggets. How about that? And you can go home and put some meat on the bones. Here I see Jesus has asked the disciples to go on this boat ride and to get out of the crowd. Uh, John has already been beheaded. So imagine if a member of your crew were just killed for the sake of Christ, your equilibrium in life would be altered. And here they are probably lamenting, frustrated, still following Jesus. And then Jesus takes a two-piece and a biscuit, multiplies it, and they see, wow, he is who he says he is after he feeds the multitude, the 5,000. And then Jesus says, hey, homeboys, get in the boat and cross over to the other side. Jesus makes himself accessible. And throughout the New Testament, when you see the phrase, Jesus crosses over to the other side, what does that teach us? Jesus makes himself accessible. And that's a good word on tonight, ladies. We talked about that a little bit last night, that we live in a celebrity-driven culture where people don't want to be accessible. And I want to know pastors and teachers and small group leaders, professionals, academicians, wherever you serve, deans, are we accessible or do we run to our car because now we've arrived and we can't be available? Jesus teaches us to be uh, accessible. He asked them to cross over to the other side because he knows he will meet them there and more ministry will take place on the other side. We see flavors of him crossing over to the other side in Mark 5 when he crosses over to the other side in order to meet desperate Jairus, a woman with the issue of blood, and Jairus' 12-year-old baby girl. Jesus delights in accessibility, in crossing over to the other side of our lives. I love that Jesus sends them out into the boat ahead of him as a pop quiz. The disciples remind me of myself because I celebrate when God comes through and then five minutes later, I'm like, oh Lord, what are we gonna do now? This is Jesus who just took a two piece of fish and some biscuits and multiplied it, fed the whole town and now a storm has broken out and they're freaking out. Am I by myself with that? And here they're saying, has Jesus forgotten us? And here Jesus is just walking around a raging storm and the waves are so forceful, they're beating up the boat. And they're saying, is this a ghost? Some translations say, is this a spirit? And Jesus says, it's me. Don't you think it's strange that if you hang out with Jesus that you get amnesia on who he is? How many times do we do that? We pop off and develop ecclesiastical snobbery. Uh, I love Jesus. I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied every groan. Long as I live, while trouble rise, I'll haste unto his throne. We, we know the jargon. We know the hand posture. We know the positions to clasp our hands. And yet, when the waves of life beat up our boat, where is Jesus? Is that you? And so here we see Jesus as the young people say at our college, flexing. The disciple says, if it's you, show me a sign. And I love that Jesus, he doesn't start speaking Greek and Hebrew. He doesn't give an hour Bible lesson. He says, come. 
This means test me and try me and just have faith and believe. Real quickly, when you see just have faith and believe, uh, the flavor of that is in uh, Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 42, where we see Jairus, the pastor of the synagogue, needs uh, some help. And if you're the strong one of the family, I want you to know sometimes the glue needs some glue. Jairus was a pastor, but he needed pastoring. I'm a dean, but I need deans teaching me how to dean. <laughs> I'm a preacher, but I need preachers teaching me how to preach. And so here, Jesus is flexing, just come. And they are wondering, how could this be Jesus if he's allowing our boat to be beat up by the wave? And I want you to know that just because you go to the Advent and just because you may have some power to flex in the city, it doesn't mean that things won't come up in your life that beat up your boat. But Jesus is saying, test me and try me. Just as he said to Jairus going to his house, have a trust transfusion. Do not be afraid. Move your uh, position and pedigree trust into the hands of the Prince of Peace. Here he is saying, walk on the water with me. The meat of this message is, don't look at the wind and the wave, look at Jesus. How do you look at Jesus when it's a rocky boat situation? By walking and living in faith. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith, Matthew 21, 22. So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. And without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Hebrews 11 and 6, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11 and 1. We walk by faith and not by sight. In the African-American tradition, we love, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed me yet. Can't turn around. We've come this far by faith. Today is a mighty good day to get out of the boat because God is the God of the turnaround. If he sees the storm and created the heavens, the waters, and the earth, then surely he's not intimidated by what he created. What's your storm? Where is your boat beat up? Jesus is flexing from eternity past, saying, come. This is the same God that took chaos and created cosmos, Genesis 1. This is the same God that took Hadessa, an orphan, and made her the queen of Persia. He's the God of the turnaround. This is the same God that saw in Malachi there would be 400 years of silence and everyone would be freaking out until Matthew 1. We see the birth of Jesus. He is the God of the turnaround. This is the same God that presented himself as prophet, priest, and king throughout the Gospels. This is the God of the turnaround that took withered hands and made them whole again, that took dead little girls and women with issues of blood and gave them a new life and saved them by faith. This is the God of the turnaround and this is the same God that saw a dead Jesus. And quicker than right now and sooner than at once, he got up with all power in his hand. This is the God of the turnaround and that same God is asking you to trust him in the storms because he's still speaking peace, be still. Though the storms keep on raging in my life, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. Let's pray. Dear God, our Father, 
Thank you for the boats of life. Thank you for the storms. Thank you that you bid us to come. In the matchless name of the one who is and was and is to come, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.